Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all, Seven Runs in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Are you kidding me, Jimbo Fisher? What the hell was that last play? It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the host who interviewed for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers job three times in 2011 before deciding that I am a man and I am 40. <laughs> and with me, as always, is AJ. Bring Matt Rule home to Ann Arbor. Marchese. <laughs> Fuck. When uh, Harbaugh takes the Carolina job and uh, Matt Rule comes to Michigan, lock it in. It's a natu- natural swap. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who beamed gleamed and dreamed during week six of college football let's hit it seven 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 rounds in heaven with my baby driving out to casey maybe looking for stroud or a Bryce Young, who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a semi-newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let Matt Rule out. Uh, Matt Rule did get out. He got out of Carolina after this past weekend uh, when the San Francisco 49ers gave his team a a drumming. Um, The reason I bring this up, AJ, is Matt Rule's going to be coaching college football within the next two years. I was about to ask, is it immediate or does he – I mean, he's got – every right not right so he's got no right to but he's got every opportunity <laughs> to wait for his his job because he got 40 million fucking bucks sitting on his lap so my question to you is i think matt rules tenure with the panthers was so horrendous uh he went 11 and 27 um two five win seasons before starting this year one and four and getting fired uh, I, it was so horrendous and he was billed as such a culture builder, program builder, mm-hmm. CEO type when Dave Tepper and the Panthers gave him, what was it, a 10-year contract? Um, it all went so poorly that I, I like can't grasp the idea of him being good at, at the college level again, despite the fact he turned a two-win Temple team into back-to-back 10-win seasons and a one-win Baylor team into the 
uh, eleven and three in, in playing in the Sugar Bowl, uh, coming off the Art Bryles uh, scandal. Mm-hmm. So everything says he's a good college coach, but I just I'm so sour on him that I I, I refuse to believe it. Um, he's still only forty seven. He is definitely going to get at least a couple offers, I think, in the next two years. Where do you think Matt Rule lands? Do you think Matt Rule is a college head coach next season? Um, if he wants to be, yeah. No, <laughs> thanks, AJ. That well, he might not want to be. He might want to take the year off. Diplomatic answer. He yeah. might want to take take the stink off. I I read the the Chris Vanini and crew article. I'm kind of I'm kind of buying this Georgia Tech idea. So my thought process with that is. Jeff Collins replaced him at yeah, Temple. That's why I think it's goofy and perfect. But him and Jeff Collins are boys. Is he going to want to be the guy who takes Jeff Collins' job? And also, I, I don't know. If I was a Georgia Tech fan, I would not feel great about that. <laughs> I think it's so it's it's the right it's the right type of bad mojo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> Georgia Tech will be a power if they hire Matt Rule. How about how about this one? Okay, everyone's given a rule for like the big jobs. You know, Wisconsin maybe. You know, Nebraska. Blah blah blah. But how about if Lance Leipold lands a Nebraska job? How about Matt Rule to Kansas? I would hate that. <laughs> I would hate that so much. I don't want Lance Leipold to leave Kansas. I don't want him to leave either. I don't. I feel like I don't know. If right now I'm going to say he's not going to, but I think when Neil Brown gets fired. At West Virginia, I think Matt Rule makes a lot of sense there. He's got West Virginia energy. Yeah, big West Virginia energy. Him and Bob Huggins would get along so well. <laughs> it's so funny how after Matt Rule's first season in Carolina, it, everyone was so high on the guy, and it felt like a week or two into the last season, it just a complete one eighty. And for, like everyone yeah. was right, but it was like it was just I've never seen a turn that fast for like he he also had. Like, the media was so on his side. Yeah. Like, even after Baylor after Baylor went 7-6 and six in year two, like, people were like, he could jump to the NFL right now. Yeah. Yeah. He was always that guy that was like, he's going to be an him. NFL coach. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, obviously he did have the, uh, the like, one season on the Giants staff as his NFL experience. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, yeah, that's how he, he's ready for the NFL. He uh, he was the assistant offensive line coach for the Giants in 2012. And good, good offensive line, you know, good, good offensive line. You gotta give him credit there. Um, yeah, so I do, I do wonder. I, th- I feel like mid-tier Power Five job makes the most sense. Uh, do you think he lands one this offseason? I'm with you in that it's like if he wants one, I think someone will hire him. It just depends. Like, is he going to be willing to take a lesser job? This Because I, I think if he waits a year and lets the stink get off him a little yeah. more, he'll have uh, better options in uh, 2023. Yeah. I, 2024, I, th- I guess. I think that's what happens. I think he takes a year off. If I'm just guessing. This is I'm, the most I've we've ever talked about Matt Rule in my life. So It is. Oh, no, we did the coaching carousel show. That's right. Didn't you give him an A plus? I feel like I didn't like it. I don't know. I both, can't remember. Both when Baylor hired him and when the Panthers hired him. Mm-hmm. A pluses, baby. Okay, that's enough rule talk. Uh, we just didn't have a college coach fired for the first time in like a month. So we gonna have someone uh, next big, week. Call your shot. Yeah, 
I'm calling Eli Drinkwitz until it happens. I like that. I, okay, actually, th- this ties back to the Panthers thing. I want to point out that Missouri's defense is, like, secretly good, right? Mm-hmm. A, a year after, they were horrendous and would give up, like, 300 rushing yards every uh-huh. game. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And do you know who the, def- <laughs> the, the defensive coordinator was? Steve Wills. I do, baby. <laughs> who, is, who is now the Panthers' interim head coach. Steve Wilkes has been low-key, like, a very, very interesting football life the last year, you know? (laughs) Like, Steve Wilkes had a cup of coffee as the Cardinals head coach. Yep. One year as the defense coordinator of the Browns. A year off. Missouri's defense coordinator when Missouri was the worst defense in the country. And now he's the Panthers' interim head coach. What a a life. What a life. And he was a part of that, you know, the, the, the lawsuit too, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, okay. Let's get into our uh, week six superlatives. Let's start with the freshman. Um, is Quinn Ewers the greatest freshman quarterback in the history yep. of college football? Yep. You're right. Okay. He is. I, I, I should say it, and I said it. <laughs> Thank you. So, so courageous. Um. He was pi- returned. Yeah, he picked up right where he left off. He helped beat Oklahoma in the Red River shootout, 49-0, threw four touchdowns, made a couple jaw-dropping throws, and looked like the guy who was the number one recruit last year uh, a year earlier than he was supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, I I, I love like just how much confidence he, he plays with and throws with. Like, there's... Every throw, it's just like he he knows he's gonna make it, you know. And like, I was pretty shocked with like the amount of touch he was flashing and like that the placement for a young passer too. Um, the int was really terrible. He, he like it's like he was just trying to throw it away and didn't have enough juice on it. But other than that, what a fucking ball game! His ability to play or make throws uh, off platform mm-hmm. is really impressive, and he just has a cannon. Like, he can he does. rip it. Um. He also has kind of not – I don't I, – I think initially people thought he had – I think it's the hair, but uh, like some kind of cocky demeanor. But he's very – I find very like calm and poised in the pocket and almost shows no emotion. Yeah, I think, I think that I is that the is hair. a good thing. It is a good thing. He definitely does so, seem like the type of guy that would be, you know – more of the Johnny larger – Yeah, larger than life personality is how I was going to put it. But yeah, exactly. Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Uh, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Arch Manning does still end up at Texas, if he's going to be willing to wait a year behind Quinn Ewers. Because Quinn Ewers looks like the real deal, um, and he's only played three games, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, got hurt in one of them, but was competing with Alabama in said game. Comes back and decimates Oklahoma. Arch, Arch is going to Tennessee or Ole Miss. Uh, Tennessee would make sense, like. I hope not, Old Miss. Rocky top, baby. Speaking of Johnny Manziel, oh, where were you going? Where were you going? I was going Moose Muhammad off Texas A&M. I was going Texas A&M, too. Who are you going with? Evan Stewart. But Moose Muhammad's awesome, too. Moose Muhammad is uh, technically a third-year freshman, I think. Yeah, I don't don't know. what I put him with the sophomores. That's what I did have him down, but... Let's do Evan Stewart. Let's talk Evan Stewart. Well, I mean, both of them. Both of them are incredible uh, mm-hmm. against Alabama. They're the reason 
the Aggies were kind of in this thing. Well, and, um, and Haynes King. Yeah, okay. Some, uh, someone's got to get him the ball, right? Evan Stewart's a true freshman. He's yeah. a, 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 a guy who's kind of had so much hype over the uh, spring, and he's lived up to it. Yep. 300 yards through five games. He's their go-to playmaker. And then Moose Muhammad, the son of Moose Muhammad, the old Panthers wide receiver, just made a couple jaw-dropping grabs in this game. Yeah, they're both pretty fucking awesome. Uh, Moose Muhammad's going to be my favorite player because I fucking love Moose Muhammad. Um, but, yeah, Stewart, Stewart, like, like it's just so impressive to see, like, a wide receiver, like, a true wide receiver one, like, this early in the guy's You know what I mean? Like, just the way you, against Alabama, like, like that, that last play of the game, like, it was just, it, it's like, it's like, you know, Jimbo was just like, let's get Stewart the ball. Like, that's all, I think that's all the design was. Do whatever he wants and get him the ball. Uh, it was terrible. But, no, he was really good, and. He's like, I don't know. He feels pretty like pretty well rounded for for a fucking true freshman five weeks into his career. Agreed. But the the A and M squad, it's if they can find a court like they've recruited so well, they're playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. They just need to find a quarterback. Obviously, it didn't work out with Max Johnson. He got hurt, and it, Haynes King has been an enigma. I think. Uh, if they could just get one quarterback, I think Jimbo should go portaling for his quarterback. Uh, call your shot. Who's it going to be? Uh, Kyle McCord. That'd be a good one. I hope it doesn't happen. Um, how about Arch Manning, baby? Uh, pff, you think Arch would uh, no. fit in with the Yell squad in College Station? No way. No way. Uh, sophomores? Uh, can I throw one more, one more fresh? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, one more receiver, just because I watched this game. Uh, Cody Epps, the BYU receiver, looked pretty explosive against Notre Dame. Had had a hundred yards on four catches, and two of those were touchdowns. Uh, the first touchdown was just kind of like wide open in the middle of the field, and he grabbed it and had a big yak. But like just just too fast for the Notre Dame defense. The second touchdown, they got him on the goal line, like on a little arrow route motion, and just was like easy to the sideline with speed or to the pylon with speed. Um, looks pretty interesting. I just want to want to throw his name out there. Yeah, tough, tough uh, for BYU fans like you though. It was, it was, especially in Sin City. Catholics are back. Yeah. Sophomores though, uh, I think we got to start with the, the best wide receiver in the country. Quentin Johnston. Um, <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Egbuka combined yeah. for. 274 yards, four touchdowns on 12 catches against Michigan State. Marvin Harrison Jr. looked like a young Randy Moss with the body control, yeah. the contested catchability. Ibuka just seems like Chris Olave too, but a little thicker, maybe yeah. not quite the same long speed, but a little better after the catch. Um, yeah, I mean, they keep doing this without JSN. Uh, JSN's never been the best wide receiver on Ohio State. Except for in the Rose Bowl. Like in that one no. moment, no. Even then, Marvin Harrison Jr. was better. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, we can't start talking with JSN as a prospect until he gets back on the field, right? Correct. You can't gleam but, uh, anything from from how good two other guys are playing, right? Harrison Jr. looks like the type of wide receiver who goes in the top ten next year. Yeah. Yep. And Egbuka looks like he's on the kind of team, like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Maybe not super ultra talented, like all pro type receiver, but instant impact NFL go to guy. 
Yeah, pretty much. And it's it's kind of fucking nuts. And it's going to be interesting to see that where, where this splits out when uh, when JSN is back and healthy, like in terms of well, who's getting the ball. And it's interesting, too, because uh, in his absence, Julian Fleming's become more of a threat. Mm-hmm. Fleming's another guy who was a five-star. He was the number one wide receiver recruit in the country in JSN's class. He's, a, a I think, a technically a redshirt sophomore. Um, and he's kind of quietly emerged. Uh, he's had a touchdown every game he's played in. He had 81 yards against Michigan State kind of as that third option. He's he's more of a, a thicker body uh, out of the slot. Yeah. Um, I'm. I am interested to see kind of what happens with JSN. Obviously, Ohio State doesn't feel pressured to rush him back on the field because why would they? Um, how much will it shift the way teams play them when JSN's back? Because I think initially before he got hurt, teams were honing in on him. But now, like, if you're gonna bracket a guy, it's probably gonna be Marvin Harrison. Yeah. How does this open up the field for JSN? I, I just think it's gonna be really, really interesting and. Brian Harline, the way he's recruited receivers to Ohio State is incredible. And uh, I do wonder how much longer he'll be with the Buckeyes strictly because of the way he's recruited and developed receivers uh, in Columbus. I can't believe, like, I know it's the Ohio State pull, but, like, I can't believe Harline isn't up for more coaching, uh, you know, gigs already. Because the uh, the, 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 the sheer amount of talent, I know, again, it's the Ohio State pull, but... He he isn't just you know landing the top receivers in the class. He's also developing the guys, like you just said, right? Like it's and identifying I, well, the guys think, too, right? Like I think like if he wanted, he could have had a Mac head coaching job, but why? Why is kind of and then he this year is the first time he took on the an additional title of passing game coordinator, right? So I I feel like he will like a year or two from now have. Some lucrative power five options. Just why why rush into taking mm-hmm. the bowling green job, you know? If I was a small school though, I would have I would have tried, that's for sure. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um so those two obviously led the group. I I'll return to Dallas Turner again this week. He was once again unblockable opposite Will Anderson for Alabama. Uh picked up two sacks in this one against the yeah. Aggies, two hurries. He's just ultra hustle, ultra athletic. Like the fact that Will Anderson's going to be a top three pick, and then next year Dallas Turner's probably a top ten pick. It's just not fair. It is. It really, it really isn't. Um, I'll give you uh, another receiver. How about uh, Mario Williams at West, who was kind of like the go-to guy for USC in this. I mean, only four catches, but eighty-two yards, two touchdowns. Um, Addison got banged up, and he was kind of like you know less uh, less effective too. Um, Williams following, you know, Caleb over to uh, USC. I mean, I mean, more a little bit more on USC later, but it's it's gonna be fun watching this offense continue more and more this year. I agree. Um, we've had a corner named Kobe Bryant win the Thorpe and get drafted. There's another corner named Kobe Bryant. He plays for Kansas, and although TCU's passing game was torching thanks to a certain wide receiver. Uh, Kobe Bryant played a really strong game um, at corner for the Jayhawks, and he looks like a future dude. Uh, you call him the Thorpe from too? Yeah, of course. As long it. as Lance Leipold stays. Yeah, of course. Who else you got? Oh, I was just gonna. Uh, I'll give you another name. But I don't really have anyone too too special. Um, I thought like this was like a pretty poppy game for Michigan's linebacker, Junior Colson. 
who just looked pretty fast, explosive. Interesting blitzer too. Had a sack. Um, just another another guy to watch. Maybe probably the best linebacker on the team and potential like you know top one hundred pick next year, if not better. That seems uh, awfully cocky of you to say. They were talking like Joel and, and Gus were talking about like him as a first round pick according to the NFL, which that's early and I don't. That's probably rich, but he looks pretty good. Okay, okay. What about a guy who was given the title of first round pick, absolutely floundered to start this season? He is technically a redshirt sophomore. I thought Tyler Van Dyke played really well against North Carolina. He has like what almost five hundred. I didn't watch the game, but almost five hundred yards. I, I, I watched it yesterday. Um, he threw for 496 and three scores. The interception at the end was really bad. But if you take that off, he was he was really good. Um, he made a couple throws. There was this fourth down conversion where he kind of he got flushed from the pocket. And he, he kind of ripped one to the sideline. Um, Quinn Ewers-esque. Uh, and there was just, throughout the game, he was very calm, confident. When the pass rush came down on him. He, he navigated the pocket well. Like, the arm looked more live again. I don't know. I don't know. I just think if, we, if we're not thinking about him in terms of 2023, mm-hmm. he's a lot more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, what do you think it would take for him to get back into, like, you know? I, I think I, I think if there, if that's not happening this year, mainly because, like, Miami's just not great. good. Like, the receivers are bad. The offensive line's pretty inconsistent. Yeah. The backs aren't – like – they could not run the ball in this game, and North Carolina's defense isn't good. Um, it's not. So, uh, but I do think like the hype can come back for twenty twenty four. I think with Van Dyke if he finishes this year strong. Yeah, that's fair. Um, moving to weekday warrior. Um, I out of respect to us doing the podcast last Wednesday, I'm going to give it to a guy who was playing while we did the podcast. <laughs> Uh, Rasheed Rice, who had, had 12 catches, 122 yards against SM uh, against UCF. UCF. Thank you, Rob. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I also gave it to him. Uh, I I gave it to him because the entire offense runs through him. Yeah, exactly. Um, he had he lost a fumble and he had a brutal drop in this game. Yep. But he still had 12 catches for 122 yards. Literally, they just throw like repeatedly like hitches and screens to him because they just know he's their only mm-hmm. option it felt like at times um but he he is shaping up to be the best g5 wide receiver prospect yeah for sure and that 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 fumble came on like a really big hit that looked like he he might have been banged up but got right back in the game and then he almost had that fucking awesome uh like he he caught it but like just one hand side of the end zone but just didn't get his feet in bounds um, yeah, I think he's the top top G five water receiver guy. That's for sure. And just a guy who who does a lot of damage after the catch and mm-hmm. blocks really well. And he's just like a he, consistent, well rounded type of guy. He's he's gonna end up probably being top five in the country in receiving yards. Um, people are gonna like the the kind of the buzz will build around whoever SMU plays in their bowl game, and uh, assuming they make a bowl game. And then, like, the, he'll really, I think, bl- hype will blow up come uh, the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good take. All right. Now to the cream of the crop. The best in the biz. Who's your best offensive prospect this week? Quentin Johnston. He finally did it, AG. Finally, after having no 
I think the most yards in a game he had this year was the Oklahoma game, which you talked about him last week from mm-hmm. that game. He only had four catches for 41 yards, if I remember right. Correct, yeah. Um, you, you talked about how he was a lot more impactful than the numbers said. And then TCU had clearly had a game plan to get him involved, get him a ton of touches. Yep. Uh, he ends with 14 catches on 16 targets for 206 yards in that incredible game-winning touchdown. Um, I I thought it was interesting. Early, it was like a lot of short stuff. Like, mm-hmm. let's just get this guy involved. Let's get him touches. He was doing some damage after the catch, and then it felt like as the game went on, Kansas' defense was just getting overwhelmed by his athleticism. Yeah, man. Like, the, the, the yak, I think, was a really impressive thing from this game. Like... He had that one where, like, you know, they're backed up to their own end zone, and he just got loose, and it took, like, three guys to take him down finally, you know, past the, past the 50. Um, and, like, even just, like, the short stuff, like you alluded to, like, you know, just uh, there's a couple screens and whatnot. Like, he just did a really good job of picking up the extra yards. Well, yeah, like, their first pass of the game was, like, a play-action rollout. They just kind of hit him on a corner. Yeah. Uh, that that same drive, they, they threw a drag route to him where he, like, caught it a yard behind the line of scrimmage, if I remember right, like, just kind of threw a guy out of the way. And, and already a drive him, he's got two catches, mm-hmm. which doesn't – obviously, it's not insane. Like, he has two catches for, like, 20 yards or whatever. But it was the fact that they had just not gotten him involved in previous games. Um, you talked about kind of Oklahoma. He was almost like a decoy yeah. to open up the offense for other guys. And in this game, they're just like, let's – He's the, he's the best player on our team. Kansas doesn't have anyone who can cover him. Let's make him the focal point. Let's get him engaged, not just in the the big fifty fifty balls and and the the um kind of the deep shots, but let's throw him some screens. Let's throw him some drags. Let's let him be the best athlete on the field. Show how big, strong, and athletic he is after the catch, and it, it I mean it paid off big. The whole offense ran through him, and. It just felt like every time it, the ball went to him, it was a major play. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, he just is so much more sudden than he looks. And, like, mm-hmm. like the quicks he, he, he's got just, like, we're just, you know, getting on, guys. Like, he, was, he catch the ball and turn, and he's already, you know, passed and, and getting another 5, 10 yards. Um, I felt like, you know, there wasn't, like, a route running, um, you know, extravaganza or, or anything. anything. Yeah. yeah. But, like, just, like, I felt like a good, good smooth route running, good feel. Uh, had a couple like crossing routes where he's you know just avoiding that junk you know good good feel in the route strong over the middle and like you said that that game winning touchdown was just ridiculous like he got interfered I, with and then like it, just the, the sense to feel where the back line was too uh, I felt like and to track that ball of course like across his head over his face like like that that was ridiculous and those are the types of catches that I think were the reason he was wide receiver yeah. one for some of us over the summer yeah. Um, but this game, I thought, did a really good job kind of showcasing the complete skill set. Because, again, it wasn't just these 50, 50 – it wasn't like he had three catches for 100 yards and he just dunked on – mossed a couple of dudes. Yeah. It was like they threw multiple screens, multiple hitches, drag route, uh, deep posts. Um, he was attacking the outs- outside the hashes, the middle of the field. Uh, there, there was times where, like, even they just throw him – they throw him, like, a dinky little screen – and Kansas would read it well, but he'd make three guys miss, so he picks up four or five yeah. yards instead of getting tackled for a loss. And th- those plays matter in the grand scheme of a, a 37 th- – th- or what was it, 37-30 win? 30, Whatever it was. 38-31. 38-31, thank you. Um, and 
it just kind of they they had him involved in each and every way, and it felt like every catch he made, he broke a tackle, and then yeah, it was all emphasized by the the game winning mm-hmm. touchdown. Like <clears throat> like this isn't a comp or anything, but like it felt felt more like how like you know they like USC and Atlanta at times would get Drake London involved, you know, and like just like that's yeah. This big guy who's gonna do who does way more damage after the catch. And I think Johnson's more explosive than London is, um, and quicker. But like that type of you know, just London, you know, you're giving a little hitch. It's two or three yards downfield or, or less, whatever screen slant, whatever. And he's shocking you and getting you know 10, 15 yards after the catch. But it doesn't look that impressive. Or Johnson, same thing. But he, I think he's got a little bit more juice, you know. Yeah. No. They 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 threw him. I mean, when you look at it, just compared to previous games where like the most catch he he have like one catch for 7 yards in a game versus yeah. this game they they threw him like six screens on yeah. top of like four hitches, two drags, two deep posts. Like they just got him involved in every way, let him use not only his his ball skills and catch radius in those kind of 50-50 situations, but um kind of the the mismatch of his quickness when you're playing off him to yeah. kind of blanket that deep shot from happening well guess what we're gonna throw him a three-yard hitch he's gonna get us 12 because he's that good after the catch it's it's free fucking money i don't know why they don't do it like i hope i hope we get to see it more now yeah they got okay state this week big game i I was gonna ask you do you think they go back to the okay quentin you're the decoy again or is it like he's our best player why are we not game the football yeah i think if they're gonna win the game they have to get him the football the way they did in this game absolutely i agree like i I, especially because I think that that Oklahoma game has proven to be maybe less imp- less impressive a win too. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that was pretty obvious. Quentin Johnson was going to be our offensive prospect of the week this week, but defensively, I, I think it's a little more of a question. Um, I'm interested to see if we went with the same guy because the guy I went with is your guy, Tuli. Yeah. Yeah, Tuli, baby. Uh, Tuli, Tuli Peloti. I think it was. Maybe not clear, but he was he was damn dominant against Wazoo. Yeah, they couldn't block him, and it was from the jump. He had two sacks on the opening drive. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the it, it, the 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 first one was just kind of um, like a little like it was it was cool. It was like a delayed get off get off from him to get the right tackle to shoot his hands early, and then he just like did a push pull without the push part. He just pulled him mm-hmm. forward and <laughs> beat him for the sack. And like I think it was either the. It was like the next play, he just had like a hustle sack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just and like his other sack came off the edge too. Um, like it's just like it was really impressive seeing a guy that's that big, like what six four two ninety, like winning off the edge pretty consistently and like making it look easy, like using his hands really well. Uh, pretty freaky stuff. Like and like obviously he can go back inside and do that as well. But like just seeing that the athleticism, the size, the motor. Like you said, he had a hustle sack. Um, and then, like, even, like, he had, he had another TFL, too. He had finished with three sacks, had another TFL, and, like, just, um, he was, like, you know, unblocked. The ball was going to the opposite side. That, that, that side tackle was pulling. And he just, like, screaming backside and makes the tackle to, on the running back before, like, he even gets, like, outside the tackle box. Like, just seeing a guy that big, like, he doesn't look, like, when you watch him, it doesn't look explosive. But, like, when you put it all together, it's really freaky. You know what I mean? Well, even, even, the, even the, the second sack on that opening drive, mm-hmm. Like, he was lining up inside, 
and Cam Ward was doing a good job uh, kind of navigating the pocket, stepped up, and Tuli looked like he was blocked. Uh, the yeah. interior offensive lineman had him, and then all of a sudden he kind of, like, disengaged, and the way he shot up and attacked yeah. Cam Ward, like, it was just a very – that's an explosive yeah. player. Like, you can tell when a guy's got twitch. Um, and, like, even that, I don't know. I, and, and the fact that, like, one sack came as – the edge rusher over the right tackle. The other came as an interior defensive lineman. The other came as an edge rusher over the left tackle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. And just the kind of combination of that twitch when I don't think you would necessarily look at him and be like, this is a super athletic guy. Like yeah. you look at Tuli and you're like, this is a probably a power rusher, which he can do. And he, he's got strong ass hands, but at six four two ninety, that's what they mm-hmm. list him at, at least. Like he carries that two ninety really well, and he looks a lot more athletic than a two hundred ninety pound edge rusher. He does. He does. Um, he's going to be screaming off the board, I think. Like, yeah. It, it again almost feels like a he's little bit of really East Coast bias. He's, but I think he leads the nation in sacks. Am I am I wrong in that? I believe with seven. No, I'm pre- he did last I checked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three sacks against Wazoo he's, helps, but he twelve and a half TFLs on the season already in six games. Like yeah. he, that's like Nagurski award winning type statistics. Yep. yep, yep. Um, the, the hype's gonna come. I'm surprised. Like I'm, it's not like anyone's ignoring him, but it's like, I, I think, think part of it is the USC defense as a whole is not that impressive. Yeah, that's but fair. when you look at them individually, like he, him, and Makai Blackman, their corner are, yep. are two NFL prospects who should be getting more attention than yep. they, than they are. Yeah, and totally. That's East Coast bias. Um, speaking of the East Coast, let's get into this shooting up the board where I've only gone with East Coast players. I respect um, that. I res- can you can you go from East? Not, like I the- actually don't have any true East Coast players in mind. It's all South, uh, Midwest, and uh, West. Um, so I don't like I don't like that. I don't like that at all. But I'm gonna go with the, I guess my my most East Coast guy. I guess. Um, I feel like in terms of just shooting at the board, it, it'd feel wrong to not start with Hendon Hooker. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think in a class where every quarterback not named C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young has kind of been crowned and then almost immediately fallen off, mm-hmm. Hendon Hooker's the one guy who's got the hype and hasn't fallen off and continues to win games for Tennessee and continues to be kind of their X factor and a true Heisman contender and he had that one touchdown pass to I think it was Hyatt yeah. uh, down the left sideline that was just like a perfect deep ball and yes I held just he's, beautifully placed he's just a very good athlete on top of he has an arm and he does not turn the ball over yeah I think that's the big selling he, point he's right? so efficient he is like and like he, he doesn't turn the ball over he hits the big time throws uh, he has all the traits and the tools and the athleticism. Um, he, he like, I do think sometimes he misses some of the layups, like at times, but like, not 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 consistently or anything. Um, he's putting it all together. It's just you know, the knocks are going to be his age that he's already twenty five years old. Um, but he's definitely been like 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 you said, like, you know, there's been a guy anointed and they just fall on their ass immediately. Uh, but he's been consistently damn good and got to be the biggest riser amongst the quarterbacks and on top of it all we get to see how legit it is yeah. uh, against bama this week exactly um obviously he plays in an offense that makes it a little easier mm-hmm. for him but so do most of the college quarterbacks these days right exactly yeah so it's hard to 
crucify a guy for that. It's really just the age that holds you back. It's can I draft a 25-year-old quarterback in the top 100 and expect him to continue to take major steps as he develops? Because, like, especially a guy like Hooker, like, if you're drafting him, I'm assuming you're you're thinking developmental starter. Yeah. Well, he's not starting until he's 27. Like, I, I just think there's so many concerns that come with that age. There definitely is. I mean... But at the same time, like in me drafting a uh, a twenty one year old Anthony Richardson who's got all the tools in the world but nothing else, like <laughs> yeah, like what am I? Hendon Hooker's obviously the more sure thing, you know. It's it's interesting. But in four years, when he's twenty five, will he be better than Hooker is today? Like, and then like that's it's it is really an interesting debate. Um, and then you know you can always go to like, well, quarterbacks are playing longer than they ever have. So if you get him for fifteen years as a starter, who cares? It's 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 always interesting, and uh, we're going to keep having it until draft day, probably. Yeah. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, I just want to mention C.J. Stroud was phenomenal again. He was. Uh, six touchdowns, 361 yards. They couldn't slow him. Um, Terrible pick six, sliding on the board. Um, yeah, Egbuka ran the wrong route uh, yeah. and shot through pick six early and didn't matter. Nope. Um, just the, the ball placement, the efficiency – the decision it's just everything's there definitely yeah he's he's been unreal and i don't think uh i don't know like it's just i think he's gonna be the first pick if it's a quarterback needy team uh the carolina panthers welcome to charlotte cj yeah (laughs) hire ryan day question mark please don't yeah because you love your panthers you know he's gonna fail um i feel like i have a lot of teammates imaging up the board this week so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to Tennessee. And how about his? How about Hendon Hooker's running mate and Jabari Small, who I thought like I know Hooker got it done through the air, but I thought Small was pretty outstanding in the ground, just ripping off those chunk runs, looking pretty good, breaking off arm tackles, uh, solid contact balance, got some juice. I know you you kind of liked him a bit in the summer, and uh, I think I was a little lower on him than you, um, but I, I think he's he's been pretty good, and he looked really good this week. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's got dudes because they're doing all this without Cedric Tillman. Yep, yep. Brew McCoy like, stepped like, up. Well, I'm going to mention Brew McCoy later. So sorry. But, uh, I'm so sorry, Rob. No, you stepped on my toes. <laughs> um, but Mr. Transfer himself finally found the place. And yep. I don't know, Josh Hupel, it just goes to show when a coach gets hired, you never know what will happen. It's it's really true. Um. Speaking of teammates, I, I do want to mention Stroud's teammate, Tommy Eichenberg, who, as the Mike linebacker for Jim Knowles' defense with Ohio State, um, he's really helped steady this this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just kind of an old-school thumper, but his his the way he impacts the game, both as a run defender and a blitzer, has been so helpful, I think, for an Ohio State front seven that lacks the – Chase Young, Nick, or Joey Bosa. Whoa, and, Zach Harrison, uh, though. Whoa, Zach Harrison's played pretty well inside. Uh, JT's going to be good, but he's not quite there yet. Uh, but, yeah, Eichenberg just every every week it feels like he's making uh, huge, impactful plays against the run. Like, Michigan State couldn't run the ball. Michigan State couldn't do anything. They're bad. Um, but, they're so bad. Yeah, they're so bad. <laughs> okay, I, I thought there was four Texas players that I wanted to hit, so I'll do this quick. Uh, starting, I know Bijan is Bijan, but I just wanted to mention him because, like, 
it feels like we just don't talk about him because he's just yeah he's Bijan like he just goes out breaks off 130 yards two touchdowns and he's really fucking good um and it's just like there's a hard place to find you know for him to go unless he's like you know going to be off to prosper for the week so I, I put him here but really I want to mention Roshan Johnson I know like he didn't you know get a bunch of touches or anything but on his 11 touches <clears throat> he made the most out of them having 57 yards on the ground and 36 through the air um I just love Roshan Johnson he's just he's just he's fun so, to he's gonna be so good in the NFL it's just a the perfect backup. He is. He is. And I just I wanted to give him a shout-out. Flip side, um, Keandre Colburn has fucking stepped. Like, he was already good. I think he's taken another another step this year. Just kicking ass in that Oklahoma front. Uh, had that one nice nice tackle where he just, like, worked down the line. Had, like, a big thump on, on Eric Ray. Just a load. Just a load in the front. And um, has, has, has taken another step because he's, like, kind of got some more pass rushing juice this year, I feel like. Had half a sack, a couple TFLs in this one, and last, last for my uh, my Longhorn Nation, I, another guy like I think he's taking another step too. Deshaun Jameson, who I've liked, and he just feels like such a solid, consistent football player that has pretty damn good ball skills and that return capability because he has another interception and a really good just hands catch, uh, reading that ball and uh, you know reeling it in. Um, I, Texas tip. I know Oklahoma sucks, but Texas played well, and I feel like all these guys. Deserve their due. I respect how much you love the Longhorn Nation. Welcome, baby. Um, good thing for me. I love uh, Brew Nation uh, out west. Chip Kelly. Yeah. Uh, UCLA. Uh, I got a guy on both sides of the ball. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, obviously. He's a fucking um, train. He just, he just, it felt like, it felt like every time he, he took a carry, he was trucking a Utah defender and running for 20 yards. Like he, yeah, he is a train. He's like a, he's a runaway train. Guys shouldn't be that big and explosive. Big time. Um, he's he looks like I don't know, just a day two type of back who's going to instantly make a difference with that type of power. Like he is, he's just such a violent runner. I don't and he know. He catches the ball a lot better than, than he does. He didn't show it this week, but he was damn good. No. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know what the comp is, but maybe like Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, he he reminds he reminds me of Arian Foster. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a huge cop, of course, but I don't know. Like the, he's he's damn he's damn just good. Kind of that high cut, yeah. Physical. Once he hits it, he hits it hard. Underrated pass catcher. Yeah. Um, other side of the ball, though, my guy Darius Muasau, um, the linebacker, who's at at Hawaii last year. Uh, I was a big fan of him. You were. Be- because he, he kind of just hit stick to people. He's been a huge get for the Bruins. Uh, in this game, he, it, it felt like Utah ran the ball decently, but he every time he hit someone, it was it was like a car crash. Um, he's the one who forced the fumble on Cam Rising near the end. He had the interception uh, in the first half that was like a huge game changer. He's just constantly around the football, and I think that's the best thing you can get out of uh, – uh, a linebacker at the power five level. That's fair. I also feel like we'd be remiss not to mention our guy Jake Bobo. I know it was only three catches, but two of them were touchdowns. And why didn't you tweet his uh, dropout, AJ? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, we're it's because we're Bobo stands. We're not going to tweet the bad stuff. Come on now. Uh, Bobo's the best receiver in the country. Uh, had that awesome one, uh, the touchdown where he just got up and brought it in the back of the end zone, one foot in. Uh, I love Jake Bobo. Like genuinely, I love. him. I know you do. Is he your favorite player in the country? Yeah, hundred percent. He is. Um, speaking of favorites, I'm going to go with your favorite players on my favorite team, if I will. 
quickly. Mazzy Smith is, again, playing damn good. What wasn't coming against the pass rush, but um, he was like a fucking brick wall up front. Like, every tackle he made, it just felt like, <laughs> like guys were running into a wall. It was great. And and the duo of uh, Yabioki and Mike Morris were, were monstrous again, I felt like. I'm going to start with Oki because I feel like he's been the, you know, he's been so impressive. And he's just coming on big time. It's still not like massive snap counts, but like he's making plays and he's 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 getting better. Like they, he had a sack in this one. I uh, had a couple of balls batted too. Um, but the sack came on the right guard. So it's not like he's just like, you know, this five-star athlete. He kind of just like right guard, just kind of got under him and fucking discarded him quick. Wrecked him and finished. I thought that was freaky. He's going to keep getting more and more snaps and be a monster. And on the other side, Mike Morris. It was just a sack before the half. Again, just like discarded the tackle. He's just too big and strong and athletic. And then blocked a field goal. We just got his mitts up, which I thought was great. So, shout out to them. You're your guys on my team. Boo. We're going long, so I'm just going to mention one more guy. Um, Sorry. Jam- Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Just once again was kind of the X factor, especially in a close win where – Jalen Miller just couldn't not fumble. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Every time, for, for, for a stretch there, I felt like every time Gibbs got a carry, it was like 15-plus. Ran for 154 yards cut, cut the week after running for 206. Yeah. Um, and, and basically, our, our, the Arkansas and the A&M game, with Miller in there, they had to lean on him. And those are the only two games of the year he's had more than nine carries. Mm-hmm. And... He, he produced 206 and 154. Like, he ran for more yards against Arkansas than he had all year and then basically did it again against Tamu. This is a really, really good running back class. It's such – it's the, the wide receiver class looks very pedestrian compared to years past, but yeah. this running back class is freaking loaded, man. I Yeah, absolutely. I just hope Quentin – like, even the depth of the wide receivers doesn't seem there. Like, there's a couple guys that get you excited, but, like uh, – and then, like, I hope Quentin Johnson keeps this up, but the running backs are so fucking good. Yeah, like there's superstar potential in the running back group where yeah. I, I feel I feel like the wide receiver class it's it's gonna be very hit or miss. But you know what? It was, we were due for it, right? Like we've had so many great wide receiver classes in a row, mm-hmm. and there's so many great wide receivers in the NFL right now, and what feels lacking at running back. So we're kind of doing. Of course, it's all topped off with Bijan. And uh, I I will emphasize that by by mentioning Keishon Butte as my top sliding on the board. Uh, mine too. Yeah. Um. It just, especially in a week where TCU did such a good job getting their best playmaker involved, mm-hmm. unless you tried to with Keishon Butte against Tennessee, and he had that early drop, and it just kind of felt like he wasn't in. Like they, after that drop, I think it was a third down, uh, and it just felt like he was out of it. And yeah. they just don't, they don't do a great job with him, but he also has been playing very unimpressively he seems like so much less explosive than uh last year yeah obviously he had that touchdown at the end but that was a throwaway whatever yeah it was his first touchdown of the year um like if this continues like i don't i don't know if he declares does he transfer maybe i don't know it's like i feel he like... had less he has less yards through five games than quentin johnson had this week yeah six catches too it's not like you know six catches on uh, 33 yards and six catches i mean to me, the move would be to transfer. I mean, like he wasn't. He he was just. They they did try. I think they did their best job trying to get him involved, and he just wasn't breaking tackles. Uh, wasn't kind of 
doing much once the ball was in hand. And I don't know, it just feels very um, – like his, his playmaking ability just feels very inconsistent. It is. It is. And, I mean, we've really not seen it at all this year. Um, but, like, with all – you know, how how – you know how much success so many teams are having in the transfer portal it just feels like you know it'd be the smart move to just transfer to like a fucking you know a powerhouse team that's just needing a receiver or just even another receiver you know and alabama yeah except maybe if they had a bryce young for another year not 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 shitting on anyone but you know what i mean like that he should have done in the off season that would have been perfect but anyways um um i don't have too many guys sliding down um okay I'm going to put uh, Anton Harrison for Oklahoma, though, because I feel like he just hasn't been very good at all this year. Um, oh, I strongly disagree. I don't know. I, Early I, like, in the year, he he had a – he had a – who did Oklahoma play? He had one game where they – both him and Wanya Morris were really good. I think, like, he's been, like, solid as a pass protector, but, like, especially in this game, like, I thought they like, just – they couldn't get any movement in the front in – the, in the running game. Like again, I haven't, I haven't sat down and watched Dave, but like I'm just. It was the Nebraska game. That's well, what I was thinking of. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Um, who I guess Mathis is just a spear too. But anyways, um, I don't know. Like I just again, I haven't sat down and watched the tape yet. But just for a guy that you know was supposed to be a high end tackle prospect, I just I don't know. Yeah, I haven't I haven't felt him. I haven't felt well, him. Good. I, I I think, especially when you you add this guy to the conversation, the OT class. I saw the boys from the Big Ten who are mm-hmm. dominant. Mm-hmm. Like I, I put down Zion Nelson this week because I watched this Miami game yesterday, expecting to see Zion Nelson out there. He didn't play again. Uh, he's he's played a couple games this year, but they it's been on a rotation with Campbell, and it's just like I I don't know what what's going on there. And, and yeah, yeah, I mean, there's just not a lot of depth in this OT class. No, there's when not. When you speak on Anton Harrison and you speak on Zion Nelson, two guys who are supposed to be top seven tackles in this class potentially yeah but i feel like zion's always been more sizzle than steak you know well and he's just not playing right now right? yeah, like, and, yeah and i thought he took a big leap from 2020 to 2021 and i was ready for it again this year mm-hmm. and i didn't have him as a top five tackle but i know some people did um and he's just been not playing like to the point where he's not gonna be able to turn pro i don't i don't Thing. Yeah, especially like you know, the one thing Crystal Ball knows is offensive line. So like, why? I don't think it. I don't know. Does it? I don't think it would hurt another year. But yeah, it's just it's funky. Um, it really feels like the only tackle that's really stepped up and like put himself in. You know, okay, this is a top one hundred or higher. I mean, guaranteed top one hundred guys is Fashuna and like you said, the Big Ten boys. But it just feels like we haven't gotten any of these these tackles stepping up, and it's early. And offensive line, you you know, really don't. Feels like you really don't start, you know, getting in on them until later in the season, but yeah. But I mean, like Jalen Duncan, for example, was amazing against Michigan, mm-hmm. right? Like the the guys who were supposed to be at the top. Paris Johnson's been great. Yeah, Skronsky's been great, and, and Fashanu, who was a lot of projection, but he's been awesome. But after those four, I think there's just such a huge drop off. It looks like yeah, no, it, it really is. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a Friday night guy from the Big Ten who I was excited to get a closer look at uh, just because I, I try not to watch too much Nebraska football, generally speaking. Um, I, I stumbled into this game just because I love Rutgers. Uh, me and Kelsey Grammer, uh, mm-hmm. we bleed scarlet. Um, but 
I'd heard some hype around Nebraska's running back, Anthony Grant, um, who he had put up some big numbers yeah. this year. Uh, he he had he ran for a hundred yards, uh, over a hundred yards in four of their previous five. So I was like, okay, cool. They're playing Rutgers. Let's see what this guy can do. Um, Nineteen carries, forty-seven yards. Six catches, thirty-four yards. And it just felt like he was not making anyone miss. You could see the athleticism and the the kind of explosive lateral ability, but he was not breaking tackles. The contact balance was a little disappointing from the clips I'd seen. Like that's his game. He's explosive and he's got good contact balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just kind of felt like every hit he's going straight down. I was kind of disappointed and Rutgers rallies the football really well that's a a lunch pail football team over there yeah uh in Jersey but um I mean when when you end up with 25 uh 25 touches for like 80 yards that's not ideal when your game's kind of built on these big plays Mm -hmm. um I put the Oklahoma defense here but like specifically uh, Reggie Grimes, who like it's just, not good. He no. wasn't good last week either. He hasn't been good. Talked about that. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but like, but you will. <laughs> but I will. And he really has not popped at all this year. I felt like, and and more to the point because we haven't talked about him yet. But like David Ogwegbio, I can't say his name. Sorry, the linebacker who like I don't think either of us were in on in the summer, but I know some people liked him, and I just thought he kind of. Yeah, the Oklahoma front seven's not good at all. It's not good at all. I mean, Venable's out. I'll say it again. I said it last week, but fuck. Yeah, I don't. I don't that think either of those two. Lock that in. There, there it is, baby. Uh, I'll mention a defensive player. Uh, Ohio State's Cam Brown's like the only yeah. problem for the Buckeyes. Yeah, this hurts uh, because I, I like him. <laughs> Jaden Reed dogged his ass a couple times, yeah. and. There was a string where Cam Brown had, like, three straight penalties, it felt like. He had yes. a horse collar and two DPIs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Cam Brown's a guy I think we both see the potential with. But it's just things like that where he gets too grabby, doesn't locate the football. It's just the potential's there for him to be a very interesting man cover corner with some length. Um, but he just needs to be better with with uh, finding ball in phase and, and not being overly physical. He should have been my prospect. He made me look stupid, but uh, I didn't. But yeah, that's a good one. Um, I got. Do you have anyone else? I got. I'm out. Uh, Henley with Washington State again. I don't know. That was my. Yeah. Like, he just doesn't pop the way like some people on Twitter made it sound like he does. I totally agree. I don't. I don't know. Like I watched him. He's kind of fun. He is kind of fun. He is fun. Like he's he's been. Well, out it of, felt like they were like touting him as a top 100 pick for like two weeks ago. yeah he's also old i don't it, they were i mean kuiper i, I think it was kuiper like uh, you know on top of the wagon too i i don't see it i, I agree with you um i don't know our prospect kansas tight end mason fairchild is who i put down six five two fifty uh and was moving really well three catches for 80 yards and touchdown against tcu um he kind of uh, at times was the safety blanket, but big play safety blanket. Uh, I don't know. He just moved way better than I was expecting a big tight end for Kansas to move. By the way, let me just say that Jason Bean is my guy. Remember, like, <laughs> I forget what game it was last year. I was watching him. I think it was a Friday night Kansas game. This guy was popping, baby. They got two. They got two quarterbacks. 
They're in good hands yeah. with the bean the bean master. Apparently, Dan- apparently Daniel's done for the season, but then he refused yeah. on Twitter, so I don't know. Oh. Um, but Fair Fairchild made that one grab too, where it was like kind of he was looking over the one shoulder and came back, found the ball over the other shoulder. Um, I'm just I'm all for tight ends in the Midwest, as you as you should be. Um, I'm gonna go to uh, sticking in the Big Twelve to uh, Contra Coburn's running mate, uh, Tavante Sweat, another big old boy in the middle, man. Six four three forty six. They're just a load of meat. Like I, I love it. Um, just like looks really good too. Clogged up that front. Uh, Oklahoma just cannot move them. And he had a couple TFLs. Um, c- can move a bit for man his size. Uh, it's fun. I like I like that I like that duo. It's fun. Um, prospect to me look stupid. Was I? I was expecting Ohio State to roll Michigan State the way they did. But I was hoping to see a little more from Jacoby Winman, mm-hmm. who was a guy I didn't know much about. Uh, and then he had that dominant performance against Western Michigan to start the year. And I got really excited when I went back and watched that because just anyone who could pull off a ghost move the way he was doing it against yeah. those Western Michigan tackles, you just get really excited. That's some That takes a special type of athlete. Uh, and I was so ready for this guy to shoot up the board down the stretch. Um and then just he was such a non-factor against Ohio State's super dominant tackles, which yeah, fair. I didn't expect him to go out and get two sacks or anything, but I thought we'd see a bit more of an impact, um, especially when you, you get down to it. He hasn't had a sack in four straight games now, uh, five and a half on the year, but they all came against Western Michigan and Akron. So I don't know. I don't know either. Um, I'm going with another transfer uh, that I liked in the summer. Uh, Mo Diabate, the Utah linebacker. Like, I wasn't a super fan or anything, but like, I, I like the athletic traits, and I thought he could be like a pretty solid riser. Uh, especially like you know the linebacker class is kind of murky, uh, and he really hasn't. He, like, I've watched a couple Utah games, and he really hasn't popped. And I thought he just like you know struggled with with the the train of Zach Charbonnet on Saturday. Yeah. Um, wasn't great. Uh, prospect versus prospect matchup. I put Leighton Robinson against Alabama's defensive line. That's probably the correct one, and I figured you're going there, so I, I get, did a different one. Who'd you go with? I, I did Blake Freeland and Isaiah Foskey. Oh, as someone who didn't watch that game, tell me. Yeah, I mean, I, I it felt like there wasn't too many. Again, this is like my third screen game, so I wasn't fucking digging in. But it felt like it wasn't too many like Freeman on Foskey, uh, you know, reps. But like. I was expecting Foskey to go out in there and like just kick Freeland ass. It wasn't too many, but like I thought Freeland looked pretty good in the run. I thought he looked pretty good in the run. Like you see the athleticism. Um, he's really effective on the move. He had one rep like uh, where he kind of had like a couple pancakes. The pass pros, I still don't think it's great, and I still think he's overhyped. But like it's it's coming along. It's coming along. And for Foskey, like the stats weren't great. I think he just had like three tackles, nothing really. And I'm waiting for like the big, you know, the big sack game. But like. I don't think he's been bad. It's just like it, it, he's just not getting home. Like I think he had his moments. Uh, had one where he just blew up the running back. They left him on him in pass protection, uh, and, and didn't get home. Had one where he walked uh, the other tackle back into the lap of Hall. Uh, just like no, no big statistical game. And I don't think there was like a clear like oh this guy dominated this guy. But um, yeah, like honestly, I think both of them had their moments and looked pretty good in a vacuum. Uh, prospect to play the box score. I went with DeMarco Helms, the Alabama safety. I think the obvious choice was, was Will Anderson, right? Well, I, 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 what was his box score? I assumed it was incredible. Two tackles, one TFL. 
Oh, okay. Well, Will Anderson's my pick because he had like seven straight <laughs> pressures at one point. <laughs> he he was credited well, on ESPN I'm for at, eight, eight QB hurries, but I'm at a point now where like Will Anderson's so good that I don't put him for anything because yeah. he's just that like he's so much better than everyone else. He was like literally in Haynes King's face every single drop back. Like I don't think it's, it's an exaggeration to say he could have had ten sacks in this game. Like realistically, Will Anderson was the best defensive prospect this week, and I yeah. just didn't put him because it's yeah. like, well, yeah, duh. That's that's no fun. We could talk about Will Anderson every week, and I feel like we don't talk about him every week because I I think we both think that way. Exactly, but I feel like but, just this th- that stat line compared to how dominant it was he, he deserved the, deserved a shout out. But I'm glad we're on the same uh, defense here. Yeah, he uh, will will Anderson they couldn't block him. Um, just the, the he is so good at stunts, by the way. Like he he, both his timing and the way he can turn a corner like that, it's just so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, he was just hunting Haynes King. He, they couldn't block him. It they was, couldn't. It wasn't. It wasn't fair. It wasn't. Um. But I went with Helms because he's the safety in that crew who I think had the, the like they have like five safeties who yeah. have hype and he has the least knees. He's more like the workman around the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage type guy. But even that big PBU near the end, uh and and the big tackle on Devin O'Shane, he just kept making open field tackles on O'Shane. And he's so physical and he's a well built safety. He's the type of guy who he's gonna go like fourth round and just start in the NFL for 10 years. I didn't put Branch in there because that's when he's shooting up the board, but I thought he, he played a pretty damn good game, too. Yeah, he did. See, Alabama's just too many guys. They do. They do. Will they fall uh, to Tennessee this week? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, or Overhyped, I put two different quarterbacks who... So, uh, I'm glad it's not just me because I find myself putting quarterbacks here like every week. Yeah, Jaden Daniels, I just thought was so – and now he's out for the season, which so – I'm rubbing salt in the wound. But so, so rude, yeah, fuck. He, uh, he just not – he was just not impressive. And he was a guy like – Dane Brugler wrote an article, but, the, like, on average eight senior quarterbacks get drafted, and he had Jaden Daniels on that list for this year. Mm. And I just – I don't know. He just – Yeah, I don't think so, but – And, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I put Clayton Tune as well. Poor Clayton Tune. Um, <laughs> I put Jaron Hall, um, another another senior quarterback, the most senior quarterback, if you will. Um, like I know we've talked about him before, but like like he he I'll give you a stat line: nine for seventeen, one hundred twenty yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, I already talked about his two touchdowns to to the Frosh, but I don't know. Like he didn't step up in a big spot. Was missing some easy throws. And I, I, I looked on Twitter because apparently he may not have been 100% healthy. Like, I think he's had a shoulder thing bug him this week. So, like, that gives him some slack. But, like, even to that point, he is an NFL size. So, like, if he's getting beat up against Utah State last week, how is he going to hold up consistently in the NFL? And, again, you throw the age in the factor. And I don't know. It just feels like this guy, you know, is a really, really fun college quarterback. He is a good quarterback. Um, but it just feels like one of those other guys that people are trying to anoint in a, in a year without anyone to anoint after the top two guys. Yeah, I'm with you. The The quarterback class is just yucky. Mm-hmm. Um, transfer pops on the scene. I, I'm just gonna, We're going long, so I'm going to go quick. Uh, I put Brew McCoy, who LSU yeah. couldn't cover. Uh, my guy Lonnie Phelps, I thought, played pretty yeah. well against TCU. He had that, that early sack where he was just so explosive. And uh, Noah Taylor on North Carolina – who was a Virginia transfer? Mm. He uh, he kept getting up in Tyler Van Dyke's face. 
quite a lot of your Virginia transfers doing good elsewhere. <laughs> um, uh, okay, I'll go quick too. I'm going to a, a guy we've talked about before. I just thought Travis Dye was was great again. Had almost 150 yards rushing. He, tell me if you agree with it. He's like when they don't when when they're down bad, they just like, they trust Travis Dye. Like, that's exactly situation. 100 exactly what I wrote. Like I'll read you what I wrote. This game was a bit of a slog offensively, offensively for USC. I mean, it, it was fine, and like Dye kind of carried them. And when they needed a breakthrough, he provided. I totally agree. That's that's, it's so cool too because I don't know like I didn't think, Dye was gonna be that guy, but he is. I love uh, Dye. Travis is a damn good football player. Agreed. Small school guy who caught your eye. I went with Gabriel Rogers, the Memphis receiver who threw the <laughs> yeah. best touchdown pass I've seen this year. Um, also had seventy-one receiving yards, twenty-three rushing yards. He's just like their X factor. And I know Houston came back and beat them, but he he was awesome. That throw was ridiculous. Um, so good. Two guys I thought played well on Indiana's defense because they're small school to me. Uh, Devin, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch any small schools, uh, so I'm just big dogging. Devin, both both in the secondary. Devin Matthews, I thought played a pretty good game. Was kind of over the place. Had a nice TFL. Uh, had a, had to pick off a deflection too. Florida State transfer. I I think I'm not sure. And, and also, Tyler Mullen played a pretty good game. My God. Um, had a ne- really really nice TFL. So I just found out. I thought they played pretty well. I gotta find out where Devin Matthews. If I he's that. he's kind of interesting because he's like he's six two two of five or something. Now he's 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 pretty interesting guy. Um, good content. I don't, I don't, I don't, he's from Florida. That's all. I yeah, that's it. To me, anyone who leaves their state for college is transferring. That's how I feel as well. Um. Okay. I went two two and one last week. I'm eighteen and eleven and one on the season. How are you doing? Welcome, welcome to the tie, cl- the push club, baby. Yeah, I went, I went one three and one in like a couple. <laughs> God, fuck you. I mean, it was like BYU just didn't cover. Wazoo didn't. That's ah, annoying. Uh, Thirteen, fifteen, and two, which is the the ugliest. So you're losing people money. Um, oh yeah, don't don't bet my picks except for this week because they're all winners. Um, okay, week seven picks. Noon, Fox, Big Noon kickoff. Every Michigan game is on the Big Noon kickoff. It's I love it. Love number it. 10, Penn State at number 5, Michigan. Wolverines, 7-point favorites. I'm riding with the Wolverines. I don't trust Penn State. I don't trust Sean Clifford. Um, I think Mi- Michigan's got more potential on offense to hit big plays. They have a more consistent offense to lean on a running game with Blake Corum. And they just have the better defense. Yeah, nice try for the reverse jinx, but Penn State's got this in the bag. Yeah, that's um, true. I'm taking Penn State plus Are the points, actually? so I can't lose. I, so I just just so I can't lose here. Now I don't. I don't know. Okay, I'm just gonna. No, I I, I I'll say this. I you agree with you your know analysis. I'm right. Okay, thank you. This is okay. So don't bet what he just said. Um, do you have uh, any other noons or no? Let's let's okay. jump let's jump over to three thirty. 3.30, ABC, number 8, Oklahoma State at number 13, Texas Christian. Uh, the, the Pokes are four-point dogs. I'm taking the Pokes. I think TCU's coming off this big emotional win over Kansas. They're riding high. It's a big letdown setup. Uh, Oklahoma State played Texas Tech really close, and I think they're looking to take it some anger. Uh I, I don't I don't know why, but I refuse to try, trust Max Duggan. Um, I don't I, I I think that's a good a good life strategy. Um, I don't like I can't get a read on either of these teams. 
if I'm being completely honest. So I'm just going to ride with a big dog in Quinta Johnston and hope hope they get him involved in t- and take the Horned Frogs. Okay. I, I'm ready for the Spencer Sanders breakout game. Spencer took five years, but we're getting it. No, Spencer, Sanders is good, though. I feel like he's like one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks in the country. Because he's been doing it for so long. Yeah, he has been. Um, game of the week. 3.30. CBS. Number three, Alabama. At number six, Tennessee. The Vols are seven and a half point dogs at home. It, I don't know if we. I'm assuming Bryce Young's playing. I think he he will be. Yeah. Um. I'm. I. 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 AJ. I need you to tell me what to pick. I want to take Tennessee. I want to take Tennessee, but I can feel us recording next week and me being like, "It was so stupid that I took Tennessee. Why would I ever take Tennessee?" I know. I'm so I'm not going to take Tennessee. See, this is another one where I don't think I can lose. If Tennessee beats Bama or even if they keep it close, that's good for for watching football, and I'm happy, you know. Um. And if Bama stomps them, at least I got them in my pocket, right? Like I'll, I'll take that that one in the win column. Um, I'm going to take Bama. If, if Bryce Young wasn't back, if Bryce Young isn't back, let me preface this. If, if Bryce Young isn't back, the line stays the same. I'm taking Tennessee. But if Bryce Young's back, even if it goes up, say okay, we confirm Young's back. It's up to like I don't know, ten and a half. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Bama. I think he's he's yeah, just the difference, right? I, he is. I mean, I think if he had played against Texas A&M, they would have smoked A&M. Ab- absolutely. 100%. And, like, Jameer Gibbs still ran for 154. Their defense still played incredible. Uh, I do kind of worry about that Tennessee offensive line, especially against Will Anderson, Dallas yeah. Turner. Right, right Maybe, against you know, that combo. That's a good one. That That's kind of the game changers. I think just the – the Bama defensive line versus that Tennessee offensive line. And, of course, like the highest test for right. But, yeah, no, I, I agreed. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a really fun game, I, I, I hope. I hope Tennessee keeps it close. 7.30 ABC. Do you get this one? Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Clemson, number four Clemson at uh, unranked Florida State, who literally had NC State done for. They're on NC State. I still can't believe this happened. Uh, they were on the NC State like 23, and they had some time. They had all three timeouts, and they obviously don't trust the kicker a ton, so they, they, they wanted to get closer. And Jordan Travis threw like a bomb to the end zone that just got intercepted, and it just was so egregious and didn't make any sense. Um, and so I've lost all faith in Mike Norvell. Uh, Clemson minus three and a half all day long. Wrong. Uh, J. Trav and Mikey Mike are just trying to get this trick in. You know, he's like, yeah, this game doesn't matter. We're ready for Clemson. Everyone's going to put their money on Clemson. <laughs> no, I'm full of shit. This feels like easy money, right? Three and a half. Like, I, I tr- it feels a little tricky, but, like, I I feel like this is easy. I, I, I would take yeah. Clemson if this was, like, 10. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah. They're playing good ball. They're playing good ball. They are. That defensive line's monstrous. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, finally, APM Fox. APM Fox. You number seven USC at number twenty Utah. Utes are three and a half point favorites at home. I will be not taking Utah because they just disappointed me this past week yep. against UCLA. Yep. Uh, I think USC is better than UCLA. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't know how Utah's offense will keep up. Like, if UCLA can hang 42 on this Utah defense, what's USC going to do? I know USC struggled a little bit. Yeah, but once, once he's got that dog in him, you know? 
and, and I, I, I feel like yeah. so far Utah don't they don't they usually do but they they, they don't this year um and I'm, I'm right in with you Utah disappointed me USC uh didn't didn't let Wazoo cover come on like, it's it just it's 13 please as long as Caleb Williams doesn't throw at Clark Phillips they're fine pretty much yeah pretty much um I'm taking USC agreed World Trojans baby uh here's to another 5-0 week <laughs>